This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources, all available at iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast. I just want to welcome you to what Jim calls the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. But today, I, Martha Brigham, your host. So we'll see how fast it goes. But I think it's going to clip right along as we have some great conversation ahead of us. So I just want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. And it is our desire that we are doing things that will challenge and equip each and every listener in their daily work um, to understand the connection between their faith and where God has placed them each and every day. And so I hope that as you're listening, you will be inspired, challenged, encouraged, um, and touched in some special way um, about what God has been doing in the lives of my guests um, here in the studio. So a couple things I just want to say. We have some very exciting things happening with I Work For Him. And um, starting Monday, we're adding a new station, actually two new stations in Jacksonville, Florida. So for our uh, local listeners, those that might be listening around the country, if you know people in Jacksonville, let them know I Work For Him is coming to their city. We are excited to he- see what God is doing there. Um, there are some amazing Um, discipleship ministries happening in Jacksonville and collaboration within the city of of believers. And so we're going to be highlighting that. And so we are going to be adding that to um, our, our, we're expanding the listening audience. So just pray for us as we do that, that all the technology works out. And uh, we know that God is, is um, being faithful in that way. So I just wanted to celebrate that and shout that out. You know, when you post on social media, are you showing a picture of your latest meal? Are you sharing a quote? Are you commenting on something political or, or posting a scripture? Or do you share your very deepest thoughts? Have you ever wondered if people read your posts? And if they do, what do they think? Does, does what I post even matter? Will there be a time when you make your last post? Imagine the unimaginable. You post a very thought-provoking deep post, and then it becomes your last. That's what happened to Matthew DeRemer on December 31st, 2015. Today, we're going to hear from his parents, Michael and Julie DeRemer, how his Facebook post went viral after his life was cut short when his motorcycle was hit by an alleged drunk driver, a life that ended too soon by human standards, but it's making a heavenly impact each and every day. So I'm excited to have in studio with me today my friends Michael and Julie DeRemer and also Lisa Marie Garcia, and she is um, from Now SE Press, and her company helped publish this book, actually write and publish it, and we're going to hear a little bit more about that and the connection there um, as we go throughout the show. But Michael and Julie, I just want to welcome you to the I Work For Him radio show. Good to be here be here. Thank you so much. So I just want to talk first real quick. Maybe one of you can share um, how does the concept and the of I work for him resonate with you? Michael, why don't you take that? It resonates that um, as we allow Jesus to uh, direct our lives, 
um, do we just do it at church or do we carry it outside the walls? And uh, if we carry it outside the walls, just how far outside the walls do we carry it to work? We carry it uh, when we do the things we like to do as far as uh, our social time or personal time. And so I work for him uh, means a great deal um, because I think actions speak louder than words sometimes. Amen. And, you know, I know personally you have gone to seminary, right? Bible college. I'm not exactly sure what your degree was. What was it in at Uh, Trinity? BA in pastoral uh, track up at Trinity College. Fabulous. And yet you are a minister in your workplace. Do you believe that? Uh, I think we're all called to be ministers mm-hmm. once we accept Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what's really neat about the connection and what it, because I remember a decade ago when you were going to um, to school and, you know, you're like, I'm a minister. I remember hearing those words and it made sense because you were being a minister and yet studying as though you were going to be a pastor um, so that you had the knowledge and the and the foundation. So I think that's a great encouragement. And I know we have Trinity College people listening today. So shout out to Trinity and all the great uh, work that they do with our students because they really help them connect their faith and their work. Whatever they're going to school to study, they're helping them to understand that that is their mission field. So we, we love what Trinity College is doing. So we have a little history together. We've known each other for probably about 15 years. And um, God is so good that way, the way he brings people full circle. Um, Julie, can you tell our listeners what transpired in you guys' life that led you to this place where you are releasing a book? Um, basically, because once his uh, post went viral, people wanted to know who the person was behind the post. Mm-hmm. And so as we went through his personal items... He did a lot of writing, um, a lot of writing. So as I went through all of that, it was like, my gosh, I didn't even know some of it. But it was volumes of things in his handwriting, uh, poems, thoughts, feelings. And we thought that putting that together down on paper, Mm -hmm. um, we could form something. We were hoping it was a book. Mm -hmm. And here we are today with a book. So it's very exciting. That's fabulous. So in a little bit, I want to talk about that process because I can only imagine, um, you know, that it it took a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get to this final stage of of producing a book. But I know that a lot of people are going to be blessed by that as a result of um, having the book in their hands. So who you're talking about is Matthew, your son. And um, tell us a little bit more about that story of what... um, I, I mentioned in my intro that he wrote a final post and then he was killed on December 31st, 2015. Um, so maybe give people a little bit of a background as to w- what was going on in Matthew's life. Mike Gall. Oh, um, Matt had uh, joined the Marines and uh, spent a tour over in Iraq, mm. uh, coming back, retrained to go back over. And somewhere through that process kind of fell apart, uh, got depressed, and they brought him back to San Diego and uh, tried to get him back into the uh, realm of going back overseas to Iraq again, but it didn't happen. So um, he was discharged and stayed out in California um, where he wanted to go to school to get into the medical field and having the college go to non-creditation, he came back uh, to our house in our area and went back to school here and actually graduated to uh, go on to be a, um, a surgical tech. But in the process, um, having to give up um, parachuting, which was a thrill to him. It was an adrenaline rush kind of, you know. Can't even imagine. <laughs> um, he had slightly hurt his back and he didn't want to really permanently hurt it. So mm-hmm. he had to find something else to, to, 
get that rush. And so a girl gave him a, um, a ride on the back of her sport bike, a motorcycle. And he said, oh, next, next best thing to fly in. And so he was hooked, bought his motorcycle. And so that was his life um, from that point on for about two, two and a half years. And when you say that was his life, that's what his social life surrounded? Or what do you mean by that? That was his mode of transportation. Okay. He actually sold his car. And I okay. said, Matt, it rains down here. He says, I don't care, Dad. <laughs> he can get wet. Wow. So tell us spiritually um, what was going on in Matt's life. Um, when he told us that he was going in Marines, I said, Matt, I said, and there's a war on. I says, it's dangerous out there. I says, are you concerned? He says, I'm really not. And uh, I was concerned myself because his Christian walk wasn't real close to God. Mm-hmm. And I said, you need to get in God's will. I says, because it's only there that it's the safest. And so as time went on, I saw Matt starting to depend more and more on God and, and, and reaching out for prayer and, and seeing his prayers answered and and more dependency on God. And when he got back over here in, in uh, our town, uh, going to college, um, we got him to a church that, that um, was more geared towards his age and his level of where he was at as a 30-year-old, not married and no kids. And uh, he just hit the ground running. And, and the next thing I know, he's in this motorcycle group, a Christian motorcycle group, sporting Jesus all over it and, and witnessing it. And I'm like, wow. That's great. So a lot of people just probably are trying to string those words together. A motorcycle group of Jesus loving people. What did they do? What was their what was their focus? Obviously their, riding bikes. Their focus was going to different events um, and blessing bikes because it's a dangerous uh, mm. sport. Um, they don't mesh with cars very well. And so they would go around blessing bikes, uh, asking people if we could pray for them and uh, ultimately trying to lead them to Jesus Christ. Mm, that is so fabulous. So I'm, I, I think a lot of people are intrigued by, you know, what God, all those pieces that God was putting together in his life. And we're going to talk more about that in this, in, in the, the content of the book when we come back. And we're also going to hear a little bit from Lisa as far as how the process of writing this book came about and encourage our listeners with our new book sponsor that we have at Now SC Press. You can find them out online at publishwithnow.com. And of course, our book this week is Finding Level Ground. And it's the story of Matthew Doremer. And that's what we'll be talking about today. And so, Lisa, I would love for you to um, tell our listeners a little bit about how you guys got connected to the dreamers and um, give us a little bit of that background of how a book can come about from someone's story. Sure. So um, in only the way that God can do it and putting Mm -hmm. people in your path and putting you in the right place at the right time. um, That's what happened with the dreamers and, and finding level ground. And basically I'd gone to, I think it was Christian business Alliance luncheon for the first time at the Tampa Club, and I had to leave early. And me leaving early um, made it so that someone that knows me happened to be sitting next to a gentleman that knew the dreamers that was working on an outline and a story of this book. So um, that was a referral for that person to come and talk with Shirley and I. Okay. So when we heard the story, in fact, the story wasn't even finished and pretty much Shirley and I were crying. Mm. Uh, Shirley Jump happens to be our director of publishing and she is a 70 time published author, <clears throat> New York Times, USA, bestselling author, many, many awards and, and um, accolades for her writing. She's been with us now for 13 months. So we were in that meeting 
with that uh, gentleman and Shirley sat there and said, this is the book that we need to write. And um, so through that process, then we were introduced to the dreamers. And again, in God's infinite way, he made the contract come together. He made the arrangement come together. And um, Shirley and I got to um, go to the dreamers home, spent lots of time with them. Shirley went through tons of Matt's journals. Again, he was a prolific writer. Mm -hmm. He, you know, the first thing that I learned about Matthew DeRemer was he was full of life. He was very passionate about everything. And it was really astonishing. He was such a young man, but he just touched everyone that way. And getting to know the DeRemers and especially his father, I can see where he got it from. Um, but I got he, the impression he yeah. kind of did life at a hundred miles an hour, like he did probably well, probably his motorcycle. I don't know. We don't want to know how fast yeah. he drove, right? But um, just the um, from the the pieces I've read, I mean, he was he was a all in hundred percent in what he did. He so. was, and he was a goal setter. Um, mm. One of the things as we started this off um, talking about the story, you know, he died on on to, the last day of of two thousand fifteen. He had big plans for two thousand sixteen. You know, and he'd written them out. He'd written about them. He had talked to people about them. And, you know, that kind of brings us back to, you know, what's going on today in the news and just our own lives. I mean, always, always we don't aren't promised tomorrow. Right. You know, and our plans, they're not our plans. Right. That's you know, what God's plans are. But um, so it was just an amazing collabor- collaboration and just felt blessed the whole time. And Shirley Jump was just amazing with her writing and what she wrote. She has a chapter at the end or an acknowledgement. And I just even start to read the first paragraph, I cry every single time. We all do. She, you know, really got to love Matthew and got to know him. And this book is is very, it's amazing. It's an amazing read. So you had mentioned um, a little bit earlier, we were talking about the the title of the book, which is Finding Level Ground. And as you heard Matt's story and stuff, you said that that really became, you know, uh, you may, it made sense as a title um, because you learned about his life and the things that he, he struggled with and, and, and took on full force. He, he did again. I mean, he was, because he was living it to the fullest is why he, he went into the Marines mm-hmm. without consulting his parents or really consulting anyone. He just made that huge life decision. Um, you know, he, you know, he, again, when you live that kind of a life and it's a, a risk taker and that, then, you know, sometimes you fail course mm-hmm. and sometimes you succeed so that up and down part of it um and finding them again i think a lot of people when reading it can understand you know this life is not a direct line between a and b at all yeah and i think one of the things that um i found very intriguing about the his life and his story is you don't necessarily have to have walked exactly the same path he did to be able to relate with something in his life whether it's the military whether it is um you know medical conditions whether it is um, having a love for motorcycles, a love for Jesus, um, struggling with that faith. I mean, there's so many things that are relatable. So, Julie, if you were to say who you think this book was written for, what would you tell our listeners? Everyone. Everyone. I don't know of anybody that shouldn't read it. And what because... do you hope that they learn from it? Or what is, what is the what is your idea there? Um, that you that it's just so relatable to everyone so far as. If they have failures in their life, get mm-hmm. back up and push forward. Um, if you're struggling with your Christian faith, just keep going. Mm-hmm. It's loving people, loving people around you, loving people where they are, loving people um, trying to come to Christ, trying to understand Christianity, just loving others. And that's what he was all about. 
would reach out to people that had really no one to listen to, people that were lonely, people that were sad, people that just needed to be heard. One of the things I remember reading in the book was where he's, uh, it was stated that he would um, ask people what they thought, you know, to kind of engage them and pull them in and make them feel valued. Was that something that was just part of his DNA? Is that how he was or no? That was really towards the end of his life that he just really cared for others and people that were struggling. And he found that people around him, people struggled. Mm. People were misunderstood um, and lonely. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. Um, on his computer, he reached out a lot. Basically, I'm here and I'm listening. And he would do that on a daily basis because of his time schedule. He got off from surgeries early. Okay. So after the gym, he would normally get on his computer and just reach out. And people, they just talked. It was amazing. So he was running his own little ministry he, there. He really was. I called him. Well, no, I can't say that. Never mind. Um, That's another syndication. So anyway, um, but he was, you know, in the evening, that's what he did. And sometimes people were local and he would find out who they were and he'd meet them for coffee. He would sit down with them. Um, He usually didn't have people come over to his condo, but he would reach out and he would meet up with them and he'd say, hey, I'm in a new friend today and this is what they're struggling with and this is how I'd like to help. And I thought, how neat. How fabulous that is. And, you know, ultimately, I would guess that, um, you know, he looked to you guys in so many ways for your leadership and your direction over the years, because I know um, he had a bumpy road. He had a lot of struggles in life. And um, one of the things that I like to tell people when we talk about a book is we're not going to cover every detail because we want everyone to pick up the book for themselves and to read it. And they can purchase that on the website, publishwithnow.com. So I want to just encourage our listeners, write that down, jot that down if you're not near a computer right now, and um, take a look at that and um, order a couple copies. There's people in your life that can really um, relate to that and get be encouraged by it. Because I think a lot of times, don't we believe that the little things we're doing don't really matter or we don't really know how they matter and unfortunately um in matt's case we don't really we didn't really see a lot of those um you know you hear more stories because he's gone people come to the surface and say here's what he did for me but that is continuing isn't it you guys are um having contact with people all the time that were influenced by matt's life right michael that's true so in the in one of the later segments of the show, we're actually going to have some people calling in, and um, I'm excited for people to hear firsthand from um, some of his friends that have been an influence on him. So um, as a parent, is there anything that um, you would just like to share with our listeners just to encourage them? Maybe they're going through a rough time with a, with a child, an adult child, a young child, it doesn't really matter what. Um, what can you say to um, how God took you through some of your lifetime with Matthew? I would say that uh, sometimes your children won't necessarily listen to you as a, a mom or dad directly. But I think the biggest thing that we can do as believers in Jesus is to pray. Mm. God honors prayer. He answers prayer. And I had prayed for both of our children for years and years and years, first off, to receive Jesus Christ, the same Christ that saved Julie and I, for I wanted them to be in heaven with me when I went. Um, Secondly, I asked for God to prepare them for um, the ministry, for the kingdom, to uh, advance it, to uh, come to the aid of other people so that they could see Jesus. Mm. And uh, I didn't see it at first in Matt. I was looking for this, 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 
nuance of uh, ministry. This, this. In fact, I had prayed that Matt would do more in his lifetime than I had ever done in my lifetime for the uh, kingdom of God. And I didn't think it was going to happen, especially after his death. But little do I know it, that his impact is going to be bigger and greater than I can ever, ever imagine. And all of that is through prayer. Mm, so I would advise our listeners to don't give up. Go to God. He's the one that can turn the heads of believers and non-believers alike, but pray. And pray believing, as it says in James. Mm, that is so powerful and so true. And for all the people that we come in contact with in our work, in our family, in our neighborhood, I'm committing that to prayer and asking that the Lord really, um, but that he be the one that moved the mountains. You know, we, we cannot do that in our strength. But And you said advancing the kingdom preparing our kids to advance the kingdom. And little did you know that the seeds over the years would be so plentiful now. But I'm so blessed to be here today. And I have with me in studio, Michael and Julie Dereemer, and they are the parents of Matthew Dereemer. And we are talking about his life story book that is just being released called The Story of Matthew Dereemer, Finding Level Ground. And Shirley Jump is actually the author of this book. Um, it was published by Now SC Press. So Lisa, I, Marie Garcia is here with us from um, the publisher. And Lisa, just um, maybe before we have uh, our caller call in, if you could just share again a little bit about why you were so excited to be able to be a part of writing this story and sharing it with the world. Really, the it comes down to a story about love, honestly. And um you know, the people in studio here, the Dreamers, they really exemplify um, unconditional love for their mm. for their son. And as we got to hear about his journey and the journey with his parents, um, we learned about that love. And it's not perfect love because we're human. We're not Jesus. But I'll tell you, um, the Dreamers and the family and what how they believe to support their son um, is, is just all about um, accepting all of who he is and leading him to where they know he needs to be. And and then in the end, um, you know, he showed that to others. So mm-hmm. the story was very unique in that aspect. And then another aspect and another aspect and another aspect. Right. So as we heard the story being told, we just um, actually after our first meeting and the, and the client left that brought us, we both just really started to cry and pray and and gratefulness because we knew that this was a book that God had brought to us and a mm-hmm. story that he wanted us to publish. And we were so I'm grateful to be a part of it. That's so fabulous. So, Lisa, let's talk for a moment about your um, publishing company. You have set yourself apart with some of the things that you guys are doing. What is your desire? How are you wanting to be different um, than other publishers that are out there? Well, I believe we are just 100% different in many ways. But the main way, it changes every day because our main prayer is, Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us and tell us what you want us to do. Mm-hmm. And even so far as yesterday, the day of love, is how yes. we talk about that, the day of love, Valentine's Day, um, I believe the Holy Spirit gave us an idea to present a product that's called The People We Love. And mm-hmm. it would be a way that we would help build a book for someone to to have them chronicle the people they love. And it came mm. to me as I grabbed um, a ruby ring that I have on from my great-grandma that's, that's passed away where I was just thinking about those people I love. Mm-hmm. And I believe the Holy Spirit told me that. And that is 100% different way to run a company where it's yes. your products lines are run by him, your revenue streams are run by him, your team members are brought on your team by him, um, your clients are brought to you, and they continue to tell me, God, I met with the gal this morning. God told me to write a book. 
continually hear that over and over. That's, so I know that is one of the most unique ways that we are um, different from other publishers. And that's companies. why we're so excited to have you as a book sponsor, because you are living I Work For Him every day. And, you know, how neat is it to know that somebody publishing your book is praying about it and somebody who's writing it is praying about it, making sure that, you know, all the steps are covered in our prayer. So I want to um, switch gears just a little bit. And in the foreword of this book, Finding Level Ground, um, the story of Matthew DeRemer, we um, have the distinct privilege of having Pastor Tim Whipple from Bridgepoint Church. He wrote the foreword, and um, Pastor Tim, I would love to welcome you to the I Work For Him show. Thanks. I really appreciate you having me. Oh, well, I am just, I w- I, when I read the foreword and heard, just, you know, got a glimpse of the connection that you had with Matthew Dreamer, I'm so excited that you're on, you were able to call in and, and let our listeners hear a little bit about the, um, the connection that you had with him and the way, one of our biggest things is discipleship. And I guess that's how I sum up what I, what I hear, maybe some of the connections are there. So just tell us um, it, briefly for our listeners what your connection to Matthew Dreamer was. Well, it was kind of uh, kind of crazy. Matthew was one of those guys that uh, would just kind of blow in and blow out oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And one day he just uh, blew into our church facility, you know, sharing that he needed to talk with somebody. And I just happened to be walking down the steps. Matthew and I connected, and we spent uh, a few hours together just unpacking his journey and his life and uh, kind of began a, a series of conversations that uh, – that were always my prayer that we're impacting him and and we believe uh did have an impact on him but uh also how he impacted me as we just kind of journeyed together and just found some level ground as the book describes level ground on which upon which he could operate but also where we could have conversations and and uh and relate together most definitely. In your foreword, you um, talked about your favorite verse, which is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. How did that relate to uh, the conversations you had with Matthew? Well, Matthew and I talked a lot about him finding that level ground upon which he could stand, because mm-hmm. in our initial conversation with him, he was at such a uh, just such a, a bad place, just struggling with finding his footing. I said, Matthew, you sound like a guy who's running downhill, who can't uh, can't seem to find his grip. And for everybody looking around, you look great. They're looking at you, going, "Hey, look at that guy run!" But in reality, you know, you're just one step from planting, face planting on the ground, and and you just need level ground. And he said, yeah, that's me. And I said, well, you know, that level ground is found when we stop trusting ourselves and start trusting in Jesus. And and, and really for him it was that, um, I don't know, I wouldn't call it necessarily uh, an epiphany moment or, or the light came on, but, but it was at least a, a, a reassurance of something that he knew in his heart that if he, if he would allow Jesus to be his guide, if he would allow – God to guide his steps and and to create for him that level ground, he could then rise to a new level. And and that got him excited, and uh, that verse became something we talked about quite a bit because it's a a verse that meant much to me and I could identify with and that we could also find some some level connection relationally together on. 
Mm. So how have you seen um, the ripple effect of Matthew's life in the walls and outside the walls um, of your church? Oh, tremendously. So many people have identified uh, with Matthew's story, with his family, uh, obviously with the tragic aspects of it, but also the just how Matthew's life was transformed. And we talk a lot about transformation here. You know, I believe uh, that God is in the transformation business, and uh, oftentimes we focus on conversion, but I really believe God's all about transformation. And mm-hmm. and, and Matthew's life was literally transformed, and uh, and and our people have uh, have many of them saw that. Uh, many of them, uh, because we're in a rapidly growing and changing environment here, many people didn't know Matthew, but they're captured by how God can take a life like Matthew's and transform it into a life. And then also in in the tragedy, God could use that to transform other lives. So the story has really resonated with our people. It's a story they can share. It's a story that many can identify with either personally or they know others who have walked similar roads. And and so for many people, it's it's just captivating and and hopeful. I mean, that's the, the greatest thing there is the hope that they find in Matthew's story of transformation, but also in the, the life eternal that we know now Matthew is living. Amen. Well, I know that um, for myself, I don't know if, um, you know, everybody here in the in the studio is probably so thankful that you um, stopped in the middle of whatever it was that you had going on or maybe planned for your day, the day that Matthew came in and um, your lives connected. And I think that's a great challenge for all of us that, you know, we think that we've ordered the steps of each day, but our God, our Heavenly Father orders those steps, and we need to walk in obedience of that. And sometimes it's messy. And um, I just want to thank you for the part that you played in being obedient and uh, being a great example for us. Thank you so well, much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. And, and I would I, I would encourage your listeners to, uh, you know, the, the term carpe diem, we, mm-hmm. we throw that term around, but... I like the, the, the term carpe momento, which means, you know, teasing the moments. And those little moments, those divine appointments that God gives us every single day um, could be huge transformative experiences for people's lives. And so I would encourage people to kind of see people as Jesus sees them and seize the moments that God gives us, those divine appointments, and, uh, and then trust Him with those outcomes. It'll be amazing. Mm, thank you so much, Pastor Tim Whipple, yeah. for calling in today. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Michael and Julie, what does that make you think? Love him. He is so amazing. And the people at Bridgepoint, his wife, Donna, um, we launched their book. Actually, we launched this book on the first Sunday of the year um, per Pastor Tim's um, direction saying, let's have it at all three campuses. And we sold 400 books mm. within hours. It was amazing. Um and they just, you know, and here's the the fun thing. The other day I had a client of ours say that her husband um, brought a book home that he had gotten from someone else and said, you have to read this book. It's a great book. And it was Finding Level Ground. And she said, um, husband, that's our publisher. True story. Um, but what we say when we sell the book and when we're handing books, we try to try and always pray internally, you know, please have this book touch this person that's buying it. But what I tell the person out loud is, and please read it and then please share it. Yes. You know, it's about sharing it and, and look at the lives that Matthew DeRemer is 
influencing. And that is the beautiful thing about books. And you know, I'm a book lover. And the fact that um, we don't even have, we don't have any idea how many hands this book could get into the hands of, you know, you may sell 400 that day, but it might touch 1600 people, or somebody could sit around the dinner table and say, you know, I was reading this book, I want to just share this one thing that I learned, and that impacts their family. And then they might tell somebody and, and you know, you just don't know, but the to walk in obedience, all the way from the steps of, you know, Pastor Tim, taking that time to talk with Matt, to you guys taking the time to go pour through his journals and um, be able to um, pull out the things that you know that can impact people. So that's exciting. So we are going to um, continue talking about this, but we want to tell people how they can get a copy of the book. So Lisa, why don't you tell our listeners? Yeah, well, we have a Facebook site, of course, Facebook Now SC Press. We, you can buy the book there, but we publish with now.com. We have a shop. You can buy it. It's, and we tried to also make sure that we were cognizant of the price. So it's a very inexpensive price. We don't want that to be prohibitive for someone that might want to want to read it. But I'll tell you what the bad thing about having these great books is that I want to give them away. And I do like all the time. And then I wonder why I don't have enough books for the book shows. But it's a fabulous book. That is a danger. Michael and Julie Dream are here in the studio with me. We've been sharing a little bit about their story of how they got to the point of actually putting Matthew's story into a book. And now it is launched. We have Lisa Marie Garcia from Now SC Press with us. They are um, behind the writing and the publishing of this book. And before we go to our caller, Lisa, do you want to talk real quickly about this event that people can come to on Saturday for a book signing? Yes, thank you. It actually just came together recently, and it's at Moramoto. Moramoto Motors. Okay, there you go. So I said it Moramoto. Thank that- you, Motors. Yes. On Dale Mabry, and yes. it's this Saturday from 12 until 5. They're having a big event, lots of food and entertainment. Um, drinks and that, and we're going to be selling his book. It was a passion, as we talked about at the first part of the show of Matthew, to be to be on his on his motorcycle and just that community. And really, it's um, a new experience for me to meet these different motorcycle um, um, organizations. And what I am really struck by is their level of support and camaraderie and. Um, the way that they really get behind their own. Yes. And part of what we do, we actually are benefiting to 10% will benefit a, an organization called NAM, um, which is a motorcycle and veterans organization. Fabulous. That's so great. And Matthew was a um, customer, I believe, of Mormoto. That's yep. the connection there. So we're excited. So I want to introduce, we have a caller on the line and her name is Lena and she was a fellow motorcycle rider of Matthew's. Lena, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much. Oh, I am so glad that you called in today. I know that there's nothing um, more powerful than hearing firsthand from somebody um, about their experience with someone else that's made an impact on them. So just tell us briefly about your connection with Matthew. Yeah, absolutely. So I met uh, Matthew at a motorcycle meetup in Clearwater um, for the first time. We had been invited by a guy we had recently met uh, by the name of Moto, and he had said, hey, why don't you come out and meet us, and uh, there's going to be a couple people here, and we're going to go for a ride and just, uh, you know, uh, see, you know, where where the road takes us. And I was very intrigued, so we met up there, and Moto was there, and Matthew was there, and uh, just instantly started talking, and you could just see his passion just for life, and he was just 
such an amazing guy just right off the bat, and we just clicked instantly. Oh, that's fabulous. I would like a friend in my life that says, let's just go on the road where life may take us. I I don't do enough of that. I think that we all need to do more of that. So um, what ended up being your biggest impact with Matthew in your life? I would say, you know, there's pretty much two things. And, you know, one of the things was his presence, smile, and laughter. That's Mm -hmm. probably the three things that are stuck with me every single day. Like, I look at his picture every single day. It's on my fridge. It's everywhere. You know, my house is filled with with his things. So it's just his presence is just so big. Mm. And another thing is that, you know, his ability to talk about God and Jesus. And, you know, he talked about Jesus like he knew him, like it was his best friend. And And he he really did, didn't he? Yes, he did. So, and I was going to circle back around because you said his smile and his laughter. And and you did, was, did he um, openly tell people around him where those smiles and laughter came from? I would say, I mean, he, he talked when I got to know him a little better, he got to talk about some of his struggles through life. And he just said that God was the one, like he, when he finally found God, he was the one who kept him up, who he was the one who made him go to work every day, keep a smile on his face and keep his life together. That was his center of everything. Mm. And just him talking about that was such an inspiration. Like you couldn't help but be, you know, admired by that. When, when you're with somebody who has that level of conviction, it's very contagious. Did you see how Matthew's life impacted other people as well? Oh, absolutely. Like, every time we would go out to any kind of events that was related to motorcycles, then, you know, he had no problem going up to anybody and everybody and talk about Jesus. Anybody that would want to listen, he would be there, you know, and he would make them laugh and smile. I mean, that was his number one goal, to go up to just two, three, or four, or a group of people and make them smile and make them just think about it. Hey, hey, maybe I should go back to church, or maybe maybe I should pick up the Bible again, or just the fact that he was putting that into their head, mm-hmm. that was a win for him. Mm. You know, I can just picture, based on just the little that you've set up, um, a happy, smiling, laughing person, like that everybody would want to be around who also is then sharing Jesus. So many times we think that's two different people. And he sounds like he was such a great example of um, living life for Jesus, being a real person and loving people uh, around him. So Lena, if you could challenge our listeners with one thing based on mm-hmm. um, the interaction you've had with Matthew and, and or reading the book, I'm assuming you have you read the book yet? Yes, I did. Okay, awesome. Good. I kind of put you on the spot with that one. But what would you tell our listeners about either, um, you know, why they should read the book or or um, some kind of a challenge? What have you got? You, you know, reading the book was, you know, it was so amazing. It was very emotional, and I didn't want to finish it. You know, I could have mm. read it in one day because it's not a book you want to put down. It's not very big. So even for readers that, you know, don't really read a lot or if they read a lot, it's such an easy read and it's so powerful. And I didn't want to let it go because I think Shirley said it like perfectly that she didn't want to let go. And I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to finish the book. I wanted Mm -hmm. to keep reading. I wanted to learn more. And, you know, one thing I think I could challenge with, you know, just be mind, be open minded, you know, and believe even when things get really tough, because what you're reading in this book, is just how much he went through, and even more things that I didn't even know that he went through. And just the fact that when you've gone through so many, you know, challenging things in your life, and you still 
love Jesus and God and, you know, know him just like he did, I think that is the biggest inspiration. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Lena, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for calling in and talking to our I Work For Him listeners. I really appreciate your time today. And I am sure that you'll be uh, buying and handing out a lot of copies of this <laughs> book yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. I've already shared it with probably everybody I know. Fabulous. Thank you, Lena. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So Michael and Julie, I mean, that is just so precious to hear firsthand the impact. And one of the things I want to talk to in the last few minutes that we have is the fact that, you know, so many times people put up a facade and they they make it look like their life is perfect. And that's why they, you know, it's easy for them to love Jesus. Um, Matthew's life wasn't perfect. None of our lives are perfect. And um, so what do you have to say to the person who's listening that says, you know, I'm going through something too hard. How could I be happy? How could I love Jesus? Julie, in that moment, where, where do you, what do you tell him to do? Well, I engage, I stayed engaged with him. Mm-hmm. He talked a lot. <laughs> and it was hours, a lot of time. But just engaging and listening to the person that has an issue, whatever it may be, they need somebody to hear them. And he needed somebody mm-hmm. a lot of times to hear him. And bounce ideas off of whether they'd be good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Um, and I just kind of followed through and helped him with some of those ideas and always leading him back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And what does Jesus have to say about that? Reading books. I kept him very engaged in reading books. I think that's very important uh, for your mind, mm-hmm. you know, to keep your keep your mind in tune with what's, what's going on. Um, and going to church and... Being with other people, being engaged with people. So um, he really connected with the people at Bridgepoint, yes. and there were great things happening there. Maybe you could just speak to that for a minute for the young adults that are just feeling like they don't belong anywhere. Um, what, did, what did he find there that was so unique? Being accepted right where you are in your life, mm. that you didn't have to go and pretend. You could just be who you were, and they loved you just right where you were. Boy, we and need that. They do. And they took you right beside you and guided you. And Tim has inspirational series every month um, to the point of going back and going through those every single week. If you didn't get it on Sunday, you go back and watch the feed through mm-hmm. the week mm-hmm. and write things down. And luckily for Matthew, he wrote a lot down. So he would keep that in his mind. It might on a daily basis. He would keep that in his phone. And it kept him going. That's fabulous. Michael, anything you want to say? Well, uh, at Bridgepoint, they have a saying that uh, goes like, uh, we are to help people, all people, get closer to God. And I would challenge our listeners to basically use that model for your own personal life and, and to use that to help people, all people, get closer to God. Um, God challenges us to just look around us. He puts opportunities in our laps mm-hmm. every day and that if we will look for them and even pray, God, who is it today that you might introduce me to? Who is it today that you have for me to make their life better? Um, they'll be there and you can share the love of Jesus Christ either through your words or through your actions. Michael and Julie Dreamer, thank you so much for being on the air with me today and sharing a little bit about Matthew's story, this new book that's being released, Finding Level Ground, the story of Matthew Dreamer, your son, written by Shirley Jump. 
Lisa Marie Garcia from Now SE Press. Thank you so much for being with me today and sharing about what you guys are doing on a daily basis. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio program with your host, Martha Brangenberg. Your workplace, it's your mission field, and you've been put there for a purpose. So remember to say, I work for him.